Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Today is going to be a good day. Corey Johnson, who's the founder of Good Book Mom, is with me, and I'm excited to chat with her all about how we find good books that we as parents love and enjoy, and that the children in our lives will love as well. We'll also discuss how to filter the books we read and present to our kiddos through a biblical worldview. We have lots of ground to cover today, so stay tuned. Corey, I am really excited to have you back. I looked, it was like the middle of 2021, the last time that you were here. So I am thrilled that you're back. I'm looking forward to talking to you today. So welcome back to the Homeschooling Families podcast. Leslie, thank you so much for having me back. I know it's been a while, but I am so excited to be chatting with you again today about something that I love so much, which is books. Thank you. Well, I think a lot of us love them. And so I'm excited to have that conversation too. Now, I we were talking beforehand. I'm also really, really excited that you're going to be joining us in Pigeon Forge this May. I'm excited because I've never actually met you in person. We've just talked over Zoom or, you know, digitally through email and stuff like that. So I'm very excited to see you there uh, May, what, 4th through 6th? So why don't you tell us really quick before we dive in, what are you going to be talking about there? And, you know, kind of what is your vision for for the people who come and, and get to meet you there? Yeah, I am so, so excited to be at Pigeon Forge. I have only ever been to virtual homeschool conference. So this is actually the first in-person one that I have that I will have ever been to. So yay! <laughs> but I'm just honored to be speaking at it. I am so looking forward to it. I'm going to be talking actually kind of what we're speaking about today, discernment, but I'm going to be speaking about it sort of using big literary examples that people are familiar with and sort of diving into it a little bit more in in one of my sessions. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, yes. I'm excited about that. Hopefully using examples that people are familiar with and know and then can apply that practically in their homes. I'm going to be doing a session on (laughs) motherhood. Just the, I think the title of my session is things I wish I would have known as the mother of young children. So specifically yep. ones with littles like 10 and under is I would love to be able to to have you learn from the mistakes that I made. And then I'm also going to be doing a session with my mom. Actually, my mom is um, a dyslexia and um, struggling reader specialist. And so wow. doing a session on uh, dyslexic and struggling readers and just how to practically get in their brain and some tools for you to help those readers who struggle so much. So I'm I'm looking forward to all three of my sessions and just being there and seeing people in person. <laughs> oh, that's that's the, your sessions sound great. I am really excited. The odds of me being able to sit in them while you're there are pretty small, but I look forward to hearing the recordings after and hearing what you have to say. I love I love the heart to mentor. And so helping those moms of younger kids, those of us who have gone before and have been there, done that, have stubbed our toe, being able to leverage what we learn and to help the others not make the same mistakes or not fall into the same traps is such a big deal. So I appreciate your speaking to that. And, you know, dyslexia, any kind of resources that we can have for those struggling learners is such a a big help. But yeah, it's so, so important that especially Christian homeschoolers come together We live in an ugly, ugly world where we're swimming upstream all the time and coming together at events like Pigeon Forge and Round Rock and the others that we do 
just is so helpful and so encouraging. And I am so grateful for you and the others that come alongside to serve with us and help us make that experience just amazing for the families that come. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, well, thanks for inviting me. Can't wait to be there. Well, you are very, very welcome. We talked the last time that you were on about how you got started with the Good Book Mom, How what, what passion it was that led you to really invest in creating the resources and writing to help parents with books. Can you, for those that haven't, haven't heard that episode, don't know you well, can you give us just a little bit of your heart behind that before we dive into kind of a deeper conversation here? Yeah, absolutely. My oldest, who is now 10, was reading a more advanced level. And so we got into chapter books and it was like this whole world. And I thought, oh my goodness, what is in all these books? Like, how am I going to be able to make sure what what she's reading is edifying for her or, you know, and not feeding her lies and glorifying sin. And so I went and looked for um, some resources and there are there are other resources out there, but I felt like there wasn't a resource that gave me all the information I wanted in a concise manner through a biblical worldview. And so after talking to my husband and just praying about it, we decided that I would try to start making the the resource that I so desired for myself. And so the goal of of Good Book Mom is to help you and the children in your life find books that you both love, filtering everything through a biblical worldview. And so I review books for children zero to 12. And I do Christian and secular titles because some Many books that are labeled Christian have some interesting theology and yes. are actually quite, uh, we, we need to avoid them. And so my recent slogan has been, um, you are what you read, because okay. those things so affect us. And if we're ingesting not only things that glorify sin, but if we're taking in bad theology under the guise of Christianity, um, that's possibly more dangerous. And so Absolutely. Um, having a resource that just I desire as a parent to being able to help parents that have children zero to 12 sort of navigate those waters of what kind of books we want to put in front of our kids. And my hope is just to help make that a little bit easier. I I love that. And I also love, you know, I talked to so many moms that have created these resources or platforms or whatever to to fill a hole that they had in their own. So, you know, you, you know that necessity is the mother of invention, yeah. but I love the creativity and the, the, just the way that God uses each of us to not only work what we need in our own families, but also he gives us the opportunity to share that with others. He is such a good, good God working in so many ways that we would have never imagined. And I'm just, as you were telling your story, I was just marveling at that once again. Yeah, God has been, God has been so gracious and good and kind and I yes, I am so thankful just to me to ha- if if nothing else to just have made the connections with so many wonderful other Christian moms yeah. who are in just battling things out um in the same situation too um but being able to walk alongside one another has been such a blessing. Yeah, amen. Amen. I wanted to double back to something that you said about the Christian books, because I think that all of us have our radars up about the secular books. But I know that when David and I 
had younger kids. I mean, my baby is 16 now, so we're we're way up there. But when our kids were younger, we were actually more careful about the Christian music books and so on that we let them listen to. Not not that we, you know, they had pell-mell with the other stuff, but we were incredibly careful with the Christian stuff because we knew that they did not have the foundation yet or the discernment yet to wade through what was true and what was almost true or what was, you know, not quite there. So can you give us a little bit more, uh, kind of expand what you were talking about there? Because I think that's a really, really important point. Yeah, absolutely. This this is something that is near and dear to my heart. And so the the hope from Good Book Mom is that you are able to come and find books that are uh, hold scripture higher than anything. And so personal experience or tradition, those things, we I, I believe, fall underneath scripture. And so we have to hold everything up to scripture. And we have lots of books in the Christian sector that maybe sound okay to an ear that isn't familiar or isn't solid in their theology. And it's easy, especially when they're young, when a lot of books tend to be a little more fluffy and maybe don't get into some deep theology. Not that they can't, because there are some really awesome ones that do. But at that point, to sort of be able to discern, okay, this is aligning with God's word, or this is actually you know, praising man or making man's uh, idea of themselves greater than God and being able to weed those out early so that the Christian titles that we are reading with our children are biblically based, that they are not twisting scripture or taking verses out of context and using them in another way that's clearly not intended by scripture. And this is this is definitely a learned skill. And mm-hmm. we, have to, we, we really have to start when they are young. And so that, that's the hope, too, with our, our Christian titles, pointing you to titles that are uh, using scripture as their basis and not pulling things out of context and giving you giving you good titles that you feel like you can you can trust. Right. You know, it's so sad. It, you would think that we could just go to the library, let our kids pick a bunch of children's books, and we would be able to just relax and love that they are enjoying the stories. And yet, that's just not a reality anymore. So we have to take a quick break. But when we come back on the other side, I want to talk a little bit more about that. But I also want to ask you about theology in books, even for moms and dads, and how that factors in. Because I've been so grieved to see so many falling prey for lesser ideas because they're well-written. All right, Corey, on the other side of the break, we were talking about Christian books and being really discerning with them. And you were talking specifically about children's books, but I want to kind of play that forward a little bit. And, you know, I see so many moms that fall prey to lesser ideas, lesser theology, they're, they're missing out on God's true plan for them or for their family because of well-written, beautifully packaged books or, you know, Instagram feeds or whatever else. What would you say to those moms who are who are truly looking for helps and direction? How do they 
train their own minds to discern through what they're reading. Yeah. And I think this is such a problem in our culture right now. We live in a time where you can hear anybody's thoughts from two minutes ago about anything. And there is very little filter anymore. The amount of books being published. I mean, people are able to publish books faster than ever. And, you know, it's only going to continue to get faster. And unfortunately, what has happened in the Christian community, by and large, not everywhere, but by and large, is that if you are being discerning about what you take in, you are sometimes labeled as being judgmental. Right. And this is simply not true. This is not biblical. Um, We need to be discerning on the front end. Yes, we are going to take in some things that we need to, you know, chew and spit for a lack of a better term. Right. But we, we as a Christian, I'd say the Western church, we have sort of let down our guard and said, well, you know, just chew and spit everything instead of having discernment on the front end and saying, well, exactly. but should I even be, be investing my time in somebody who is leading me down this path or this path? So on the front end saying, you are not being judgmental if you are being discerning. We need to be discerning as believers. We need to say from the the content that this person has been putting out, is this somebody that I even want to read a book that they are going to be giving their ideas? And so sort of re-embracing biblical discernment. And I would say that, again, this is sort of contrary to what a, a lot of Christians maybe talking today, but I I think that it's better at this point to be more discerning and take a step back and say, these authors, I know that I can trust and work my way forward from there, as opposed to letting everything in and then trying to chew and spit the garbage that's going to be there. No question. No question. Yeah. And so I would say start with those authors and speakers and people that you have great confidence in. And and many of those, it's it's actually great if they're not alive anymore. (laughs) We have have seen their life in its entirety. Exactly. And and then people that those people that have passed that we know that are strong, like just pulling Spurgeon out, for example, you know, others that are alive today who align with the things that Spurgeon or Edwards, things that they were teaching Mm -hmm. and moving out from there, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. You know, I remember when I was, when David and I were first married, we were in a church where the pastor over and over and over again reminded us to be Bereans, to be, to be looking at everything, including what he said from the pulpit with through the lens of scripture, you can't people make mistakes, people misspeak, right. people give ideas, even people that you know that you can trust that theologically they're going to be sound, they can still convey ideas that just get muddled or confusing or whatever, and it could be completely unintentional. So, even with those books that we know are good or from good sources, re- reliable sources, you still need to be very discerning even as you go. But I would echo you and just encourage people to be very, very wary of reading things from sources that, you know, it's it's pretty clear are not solid theologically from from the get go. Yes. And we 
when we have so many people that we can take Christian ideas from and information from and influence from, unfortunately, what we're seeing, because we are exposed to so many of them, whereas, you know, 100 years ago, you would only be exposed to so many that were near to you and maybe would hear about, you know, the big speaker somewhere. But now we are unfortunately seeing how people that start off maybe solid, we see them turn south or we see their theology make a U-turn. And and so that's why I said it's okay if they're not alive because we've seen their entire (laughs) of their theology, you know. And so not that it's not okay to uh, read books from living people. Of course it is. But just to be aware of that, because that does happen. Yeah. And um, and so we have to we have to be humble and willing to admit when somebody that maybe we have really enjoyed in the past is heading in a direction that isn't biblical and yeah. laying down our pride and saying, you know what, I think that that this isn't going to be edifying for me anymore. You know, God didn't call us to be celebrities and we live in a culture that makes celebrities. Yes. And it's very hard for even the most solid people to withstand the pressure that comes with that kind of status. So I love the way that you you noted humility, because even as we are reading and kind of maybe seeing a little bit of a slip in some of the celebrities that we've been able to trust before, the humility to actually pray for them, to recognize that they, you know, they this is a hard thing that they're trying to juggle and to just pray that God kind of brings them back is is a really big deal because God, they do have a platform and they can do so much good with it. So that humility to not just, you know, judge and start speaking ill, but rather to pray that God will bring them back is a, is a really big deal, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Viewing everybody as created in the image. Of, everyone's an image bearer. Amen. We need to treat them as such. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Well, let's get back to the importance of books with our littles after that that big detour that I actually I think was really, really helpful and I, I hope was an encouragement to many. But as we are looking at at books for our kids, you know, I think all the time I read a study, not I don't know, it's been a few years ago, but it was talking about the number one subject in college that was kind of that tipping point where students walked away from the faith was not science or history or, you know, any of these things that we would think it would be. It was literature. Literature was the class that actually was the tipping point for so many who just turned away, walked away from the faith, whether for a time or for good. And that reinforced to me the incredible power of worldview in books. And I think that those of us with younger kids, we need to be reminded of the power of the worldview in books and we're seeing it because it's so blatant now, but there's still a lot out there where it's just so subtle and we have to be so careful. Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, unfortunately, you walk into many public libraries and it's it's clear from the covers of in the children's section, you know, that there are agendas and there are ideas at work behind these books that we don't want our children to be flipping through and absorbing these ideas. And so, yes, we 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 need to be discerning whether we're going after um, secular titles or Christian titles. But it is amazing how much um, stories resonate with us. Well, and such an interesting statistic that you have there, because because 
I mean, God, God created us and he knew that stories resonate so much with us. And the greatest story ever is written in, you know, word form. We have it in a book. Right. And because he created us to connect with those, connect with stories. And, and so when we have stories being used in a way that with the reality of God's creation or God's purpose for our life or anything, you know, then it, it is sneak. It can, it can be very sneaky. Yeah. How it slips in. And so we as parents, I mean, and just as believers, you know, for ourselves being discerning about what we take in, you know, just from Philippians, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, admirable, anything's excellent or praiseworthy. Think about such things. And so does that mean that we are, we should never read about, you know, sinful things? Like, of course, that's not possible because right, like any story is going to have, you know, you need a problem. And that usually you've got a bad guy. <laughs> right. But but asking ourselves, is this glorifying the sin? Right. And teaching something through it. And at the end, are we getting something pure and lovely and true? Is it teachable or is it simply glorifying those things right. God has said to avoid? Um, and so not only for our children, but for ourselves as well. Yeah. And and those stories, it, whether they be Christian titles or secular titles, there is always going to be something in there that you can talk about, yes. something in there that you can key on to help give your children an idea of how to be discerning, how to think biblically. So tell me how that looks in, you know, as you are approaching reading with your kids or giving your children stuff to read, how do you, how do you recommend that people be on watch, ready to have those conversations with their kids? Absolutely. Because you are going to have them. Yes, sometimes when you know that they are coming, but oftentimes <laughs> it's going to take you by surprise. And I mean, I have a, a website about, you know, books that you can trust for your kids. And I sit down with my kids and make this mistake all the time. Like it happens. It's going to happen. Yep. You grab a book and you think, oh, this is a picture book. I'll quick flip through it. Looks great. And then you read it and you realize, oh, no. <laughs> I was not planning on having that conversation. Yep. <laughs> um, and so, yes, you do need to be mentally prepared for that. But making sure that you're approaching those conversations that are unexpected. Yes, sometimes it's unfortunate because we don't we we weren't in the headspace to have those conversations. But, you know, in those moments, praying for God's wisdom and mm. guidance and then using that as an opportunity to say, you know, push the pause button and say, OK guys, let's talk about this. You know, yes. this is saying A, B, and C. This is saying something. How do you think, what does scripture say about this? What does God's word say about this? So, you know, and using that as a teaching opportunity, we we really just have to do those things. Um, they're going to come and it's better to push pause for a minute. You know, it doesn't have to be this big sermon. Right. Pause, say, let's hold this up to God's word. What does it say? You know, how should we view that? And then continue because they, you know, we don't need to, um, we don't need to make it this big deal, but, but make teaching our children, using those opportunities to teach our children, even when it's unplanned, you know, being thankful for them and imputing wisdom upon them when God gives us the opportunity to. 
Um, and then we're also going to have titles, you know, that we know we give our children a title and we know this covers this hard thing. And then yep. to specifically set a time and talk about those things, you know, when we know yep. that they're coming. What do you think about that? You know, what what does God's word say about that? How did that person deal with it? How would you have dealt with it? What's, you know, and, uh, you know, when we know that they're coming, they're a little easier to prepare for. But but really to be thankful for them regardless, because we want our children not to be taken surprise themselves when they are grown and out from under our care and they encounter those things to not have them panic, but to say, oh, I can see this through a scripture and I can move on with my life. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And what a privilege to be able to be the one who is helping them learn to think through those through those situations, through those pieces of content that do go against God's word in whatever way. But we are the ones who, because we are spending our time with them, because we are following God's call to homeschool our children, we have that time to shape the way they think, to train them how to overlay God's word on those specific circumstances. And I've seen, now that I'm much farther down the road, that my kids who are, you know, three of them are done with high school completely. They're, they're launched and ready to, to go. Even still, they are coming with, with things that they read or hear or whatever. And we're still having those conversations because in the young days, you are laying the foundation for relationship as well as for discernment so that you remain that counselor, that guide to help them even as they get older think biblically and critically through all of these horrible things that the world is throwing at them day by day. And there's a lot of hope in that. And and our hearts should overflow with gratitude that we get to do this while they're young so that we have the privilege to do it when they're older. Oh, that's so good, Leslie. Yes. Yes. And can I just say from somebody who I tend, I tend to be black and white and I tend to my emotions get the best of me sometimes. Um, God is definitely sanctifying me. But sometimes I think, oh, I, I could have handled that better. And so let me just encourage any parent that maybe is in that same boat. And if you come to that unexpected place of, oh, my goodness, this has something, this has some content that I was not prepared for, to not elevate your emotions but to talk through things calmly and just matter-of-factly and not sort of elevated to this, oh my goodness, mommy is like really worked up about this. Oh, maybe this isn't something we should talk about. No, like we want our children, no matter the subject, to be able to approach us and converse about it. And so I need to remind myself of that often, like bring the volume down, (laughs) bring the intensity down. Let's just talk about this, you know, bring it down to a level of conversation you know, address it and then move on. And for me, I, I need to remind myself of that often as my, as my emotions can run high. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I, um, I totally agree with you. You know, it's, we have to be really careful that whether it be with questions about the books that they're reading or certain circumstances there or just questions that they come to with us with in general that we react to them a little bit more muted than sometimes our hearts would want us to. So that is yeah. that is an excellent lesson for us. And, you know, something that it just, the if you react in a really big way, you tend to shut down those conversations. 
And so it's a very big deal to just be really careful and guard your heart, guard your reactions, pray for wisdom at the start of each day so that as the day goes forward, you're going to see God answering that prayer. And it's really, really exciting. Yes, absolutely. Well, Corey, we are out of time. This has been such a joy. I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you again. So thank you again for joining us today. Before you go, can you tell us where we can find you and you know what kind of resources they'll be able to find once they once they get there? Oh, absolutely. Thanks again for having me. It was so wonderful to chat with you. Um, you can find Good Book Mom, the website, goodbookmom.com, and that's where you can find any review. Reviews are free for everybody. You can come and either search by like the type of book, picture book, chapter book, or you can type in a title and see if a review is written. So you can peruse or search for a specific title. That is for everybody. Everybody can come to the website and use that. Uh, If you're looking for some book lists, things that you can, that have been filtered through a biblical worldview for you, and you just want maybe some titles either to go to the library with or looking for some really solid um, theological titles, I have a membership that's $7 a month or $65 for the whole year. So you say big if you do the whole year, but you get instant access to all of my book lists. And I have some other premium content for members as well. And every month there's new content for members. And I'm on Instagram. That's the, the platform that I use the most, but I am also on Facebook. You can find me there as well, both just at Good Book Mom. Yes. And if you have any questions, I try to answer you know, DMs and stuff on those. So if you have questions, please feel free to shoot me one of those on social media or on my website, contact at goodbookmom.com. And I'd love to answer any questions. Sounds good. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us. I cannot wait to see you in Pigeon Forge. I hope all of you guys are planning to join us there as well. But have a great rest of your day, everybody. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more, so check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. 